Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, October 11th. I see so many people here on YouTube Live. Thank you so much for being here. As always, welcome, welcome. Yes, turn on your notifications if you want to be aware of what's happening on the show and how many um, and how to get here. Because sometimes I'll start at 11, sometimes at 11.05, 15, whatever. But I love how you guys are waiting for when I'm ready. Thank you so much for subscribing, new subscribers. I see the numbers growing. I love your comments. You guys left such incredible comments in the last couple of days. I really, truly appreciate it. And if you're listening to the audio version on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, thank you so much for the nice reviews and the ratings. I see them all. I am too in it. I see it all. I'm always watching. I'm always checking. The one thing I'm really, really behind right now is DMs. I am desperately trying to get back onto like... DM land, but ever since everything that went down over the weekend with Israel, it's just gotten too hard. Um, but just know that when you send the DM, I get a notification. So I see your DMs. I see them coming in and I am so incredibly grateful for it because without it, um, without people's words of support, we feel alone when you're going through a tough time, right? So some good news. Some good news. My mom has arrived back in Los Angeles. You guys were all following so well yesterday and, and so kind about it. My mom is back in LA from Israel. She had a beautiful, easy flight. She landed this morning in Los Angeles around 6 or 7 a.m. My stepdad picked her up from the airport. So now she's in LA and I can breathe a little peace, more peaceful. Unfortunately, um, my grandmother is in Israel and is not leaving. Um, my grandmother is in her late 90s and she lives in a nursing home in Haifa, which is in the northern part of Israel. Technically, it's in a safer zone. The south area by Gaza is really where it's like very hot. You know, that's the scarier part. That's where most of the um, deaths occurred, which were very, very um, close to the Gaza border. The northern side is safer, although this morning was very scary because uh, if you guys are curious, I follow this one woman. Her name is Noah Tishby, T-I-S-H-B-Y is her last name. Um, I can tag her, but she is the most informed and honestly like and current with what's going on in Israel. She's American. Maybe she's an Israeli or American Israeli. I can't remember exactly, but she is. She speaks Hebrew and English. She's a. She wrote a book about Israel, an, an amazing explainer. If you're curious about the history of Israel, and she uh, she's very in with the White House and the presidents, and she goes to all the events. And she's very. She is the person that knows more about this than anyone that I have been able to follow. Um, so she's a wonderful person to follow. 
and she goes live a lot. So she went live this morning and she was talking about how rockets were coming in from the north and sirens were going off in Haifa and that's where my grandma lives. And so of course I'm like, oh crap. So I panicked and I went over to my, um, I went over to uh, WhatsApp. I was texting with my mom. She got a picture from my grandma. My grandma has an aide that lives with her 24 seven because she's alone in the country. She has no family. My grandma has zero family in Israel. Zero, not one. Only my mom when she travels there. She had one kid and that's my mom. And her husband has passed. She had no siblings. Um, Very sad. So anyway, she's in this, you know, they sent me a picture. It's on my Instagram stories of her in the safe room. I'll show it to you guys here in case you guys don't go over to um, Instagram. It's very, very hard to see just knowing that you don't know, like you don't know what's going to happen, right? It doesn't look like a, a scary place to be, but can you imagine the situation? So that's my grandma right there. That's my grandma, Saptalea. And these are other women in her in her um, home and they get wheeled in or walked in. My grandmother's in a wheelchair now just to sit there until the sirens go away um, and hope for the best. Awful. Just awful. Um, it is like literally feels like pulling teeth to come here and do these shows, but I do it for two reasons. Number one, I think I am an important voice to kind of just humanize this experience for a lot of you guys that feel very disconnected from Israel in the Middle East because you've never been or you don't know or whatever exactly is going on. I saw that about an anonymous person brought, bought 250 plane tickets for Israel bound reservists. I saw that. That was beautiful. Um, I, I think like I humanize it a little bit for you guys. I'm also educating you guys, hopefully as much as I can be um, on Instagram. Please follow my Instagram at this is Donna Bowling and just watch my stories. I try to kind of show you guys what my situation is. And also I do, I think the importance of levity is important. You know, I like to have fun. I'm able to talk about this a little bit and explain with you guys. And then also switch over to explain, you know, how it's important for our mental health to also like get a reprieve. Yesterday, I took a lot of breaks in the evening. Um, once I knew my mom was on that plane, I was like, I got to turn off the news. And so, you know, I didn't really watch a lot of like fun TV, but I watched what was on the baseball game was on because someone told me one of the, or the Orioles pitcher is an Israeli American. I'm like supporting him and then dancing with the stars, which we'll talk about a little bit. Mauricio was out there supporting Israel. Like, so I'm trying to bring some levity into my life. I did watch Salt Lake city this morning. So that's what we're going to get into after a couple stories. Um, and I promise you, I'm able to still have fun and kind of separate the two, but it's a real thing. I mean, this is so real time, right? Like going back and being able to watch this show five, 10 years from now to go back and be like, oh my gosh, I was on YouTube exactly during one of the scariest moments to ever be a Jew. You know, I heard a, a, a comparison. If you guys are wondering, you know how they say that it was the bloodiest day in Israel's history, um, October 7th, since the Holocaust, more people died in, in, in one day, right? since the Holocaust. And I, I really want you guys to understand, like, if you think of the number a thousand or 900 or a thousand, 200, whatever, some, it depends on what report you're hearing. It doesn't, it's, it's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Remember it's more than nine 11, right. In terms of deaths, but it's like, Oh, okay. A thousand, whatever. In Israel, because of the amount of population and the, 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 um, 
the size of Israel compared to where we are here in America, it would be like 25 to 30,000 deaths in one day. Can you imagine what would happen in America if 25 to 30,000 people died in this kind of a brutal way in different areas all at once? How scared would we be as a country? How terrified would we be? How horrified would we be? We would be horrified if a thousand people died in America this way, but 25,000, 30,000. So I just want you guys to understand the severity for Israel to understand how big and how painful that is. And there is something about Jews. I will tell you this, and maybe you feel this about whatever religion or ethnicity. See, being Jewish is a little bit more for me than being a religion. Being Jewish to me is being part of an unexplained kind of cultural connection. I don't know how else to explain that. And maybe you guys have that in your own lives, maybe with a religion. We'll talk about Mormonism today with Real Housewives, maybe with a religion or maybe with um, like a, a culture or your ethnicity or your race, maybe that that you have that connection. And I think it's wonderful to have that connection with whoever it is that you can kind of say like, we are going through this together. We feel this together. For Jews and for Jewish people right now, I don't care if you're American, you're Palestinian, there are Palestinian Jews, just so you guys know, Palestine is not in its entirety what we're seeing. And I, I am very, very, that's important for me to share with you guys. I am not anti-Palestine. I am anti-Hamas. Okay. So this is a very different thing. Um, but you can see, you can find Jews all over the world, right? They're in Africa, they're in France, they're in Europe, all over Europe. They're in, um, England, they're in, um, South America, they're in Mexico, they're everywhere. Okay. It's only 0.2% of the population. If you really want to think about that that way, but we're such a small percentage of the population, but we're connected. And to be Jewish, and I don't know if that's because of the survivors of the Holocaust in, in our older generations, to be Jewish is to immediately feel for someone else that is going through pain and suffering that is also Jewish. So like, for example, I, I have some girlfriends that I know like very kind of like not close at my gym, but ever since the weekend, I see them at the gym and I look at them and I say, how are you? How are you? Like we, we, we connect. It's too, it's, it's an instant bond. Now I would also be very concerned and worried about anyone that was going through the atrocity atrocities that we're seeing in Israel, like Armenia, Syria, like anytime you see these stories, it's just awful. And I would also worry about them. But when it's your own people, and I hate to say it, I'm sure you guys feel this. You have to, you feel it. You feel it in your blood, in your bones, in your body, right? And, 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 you know, as Norma says, to be human is also to be able to feel the pain. As a mother, I cannot fathom with it, what Israel's mothers are going through. I've shed enough tears about it. I'm sure you guys have too. A lot of you guys have too. So thank you for sending the messages. They mean the world to me. And I promise you a few minutes in, we will have fun and we will get into the show. Um, I'm going to try to do timestamps for all of you guys that give me crap about timestamps. Um, let's get into some like little stories, right? Let's get into some stories before we go into um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Did you guys watch last night? 
I watched it this morning. I'm really trying very hard to do an Angie accent. I don't know. I, I It's so hard to do an Angie. Angie's like very, um, how would you describe it? Like, mm. okay, let's get into it. First of all, Dancing with the Stars. Did you guys watch last night? I didn't. <laughs> I say this because I honestly should be watching to support Lance and to support Dancing with the Stars, whatever, but you guys, I can't. If I can watch any of those shows, it's the day after when I can really fast forward through commercials. It airs live at 8 p.m. here. By 8 p.m., it's like, um, it's hard for me to watch a two-hour show. Although, Mauricio, I did vote 10 times for Mauricio. Mauricio mentioned Israel, and he wore an Israeli flag um, emblem on his jacket. Apparently, he had a very, very good dance, got, or decent dance, I should say, and got decent remarks from the judges and then a really bad score. That being said, Mauricio also spoke about, um, yeah, Ariana was at the top of the leaderboard. I heard that Ariana's an amazing dancer. From what I'm seeing, Ariana like really knows her shit. Don't you guys think that? Like she is a good, good dancer. Um, then we have Lance's boyfriend, Tyson Beckford. If you guys watched yesterday, I think, guys, I think the dosers did that. I said Tyson Beckford wasn't a good dancer and you guys listened. And Tyson got sent home. So I don't know. I don't know. I I will think I will say that um Mauricio answered the question about this girl. Remember how earlier in the week we talked about how Mauricio was photographed with a chick last week who a chick. She's a real estate agent and an actress. Um, and she works at the agency, which is Mauricio's company. And they went all to dinner, him and her and his mother and his dad. Mother and dad are divorced. He's sitting next to the girl. The girl is across from the mother. And then all of a sudden there's all these reports. TMZ got like totally duped saying it was the husband, the dad's girlfriend. I was like, eh, eh. something feels very off here. It does not feel like Mauricio's dad's girlfriend. Why would they not be sitting together? Plus, Mauricio's dad's girlfriend is actually someone that he posts about a lot. She's an older woman. She's like more mature than this little, you know, like 30-some-year-old woman. Anyway, um, Mauricio kind of laughed off the rumor. She works with me. They were invited. No big deal. I, you know, do I think Mauricio's out there and playing the field and having fun with some, you know, ladies or whatever? I mean, I'm not going to judge. Yes, of course he is. I mean, the rumors were that it was happening way before they were actually separated, right? So of course he is. Although I do think that Dancing with the Stars is probably an incredibly um, time-consuming gig. I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I've never been a star on Dancing with the Stars, but Think about how much work they have to put in. That's one week, just like a full new dance, all the choreography. You have to be there for all the promos. You have to do all the dress rehearsals, all the clothing. I guarantee you right now, Mauricio is not like thinking about selling houses. He's not working that hard in, in the office. His life is right now dancing with the stars. But, you know, what What are you going to do? I, I said this before in the past. You guys are leaving comments on my Facebook page on Daily Dose of Donna saying that his tongue is out. Mauricio has a tongue thing. He's like really, he's really big into like sticking that tongue out. Um, it's not for me. I'm never one to enjoy when people take pictures and they do one of those like, um, you know, do you guys know those people that stick out their tongue in pictures? Like I can't even do it because then I have a video or like proof of me sticking my tongue out. I am so grossed out. I don't want to see anyone's tongue. I don't think tongue should be out of your body. 
maybe if they're doing something, if you know what I mean, but like, I don't want to look at it and take a picture of it. I don't want to see what kind of residues on that. I'm not a tongue person. Okay. I'm not, I don't like lizards that stick out their tongue. I don't want my dog to lick me all over. I'm just not, I'm not a tongue person. Okay. Unless they're doing something good. Does this make sense? Um, okay. So the big thing, a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys agree that he's not as attractive since doing the show. I'm going to have to agree too. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a thirsty. I don't know if it feels kind of like he's a slimy. I don't know. I am not really that. I don't get it. I don't get his vibe. But I also feel bad for him because, well, I don't really feel bad for him. I mean, think about Mauricio's life. But this has got to be such a weird, like, circle. Now, Teddy Mellencamp talked about Kyle Richards and the premiere on her show. Um, on two teas in a pod. And I just had to listen to this one part because the whole big thing is that everyone says Teddy is really um, biased when she talks about Beverly Hills. Um, I'm not going to confirm or deny, but I can see what they mean. And, you know, we've heard already before that Teddy Mellencamp is having a hard time talking about the Kyle stuff. Remember in the past when the whole thing came out in the People Magazine article about the separation Teddy went like MIA. She had to leave the show. So Carlos King came on and did the show with her. Um, meanwhile, Teddy talked about the premiere yesterday with Emily, Emily from, um, OC, Emily Simpson is the guest host. And she was kind of like belittling this idea that it was a big deal that Morgan got the K Kyle's K tattooed on her arm because Kyle, like, so we've seen the preview, right? In the preview, Kyle tattoos a K on Morgan's arm. And Teddy was like, I just remember, you know, talking to them on the phone that day. And um, it's not a big deal. Like, have you seen how many tattoos Morgan has? It's so not a big deal. If I tattooed Kay on my arm, it would be a bigger deal. But I don't think it's that big of a deal for Morgan. Yes, and I think it is not a big deal for Morgan. And I think it's a big deal for, for Kyle. It's not like we've seen Kyle out there, like, hanging out at tattoo shops right? This is, I think, the biggest confusion. Morgan is clearly who she is, right? None of us are here to judge Morgan in any way. But Kyle is the confusing one because Kyle went really from being like a very kind of she-she housewife, right? With all the fancy gear and the beautiful sunglasses and the fancy and the Birkin bag and the, you know, like all the done up stuff to now being this like literally like underdressed, tennis shoes, ripped up jeans, tattoos, um, tank tops with like graphic designs. Like it's totally a different Kyle than we know. And people are allowed to have a change in style, but this is like a real change, right? This is not like she's, because right now, like what's really in, remember I asked you guys on my Facebook page about like the boyfriend jeans. So what's really in is like really loose jeans and stuff. So if she was just wearing that, but still was Kyle, like it would make sense because there's a way to dress those up. But this is just very odd. This is just very odd. So Storm says Big Kathy is so disappointed in Kyle. I'm going to go as far as to say, I think, oh, Big Kathy meaning her mother. Oh, never mind. I was thinking Kathy, her sister is probably very happy. Her, her sister knows Morgan. We've seen them do the live. And we know that Kathy does not like Mauricio. Or as Bethany Frankel calls her, calls him Maurice. 
Okay. Um, so shall we move on to another story? Let's talk about Jada and Will Smith real fast. Jada and Will Smith have, um, have now announced, well, Jada has announced how, um, that they have been separated. She and her husband have been separated for seven years. She has a book I, I, I believe is coming out or it's a people magazine. Hold on, let me. Yes, she's promoting her new book, Worthy, and she has a people cover story right now. And she's basically saying that in 2011, so a lot of stuff came out, but the first one is that she was so depressed in 2011 that she was actually considering and contemplating um, unaliving herself. I'm scared to say it on, on YouTube. She said, I couldn't figure out a way other than death. I made a plan. Um, her voices were telling her all these awful things. And then she says that her 25-year-old son, Jaden Smith, could see her suffering and introduced her to the idea of taking ayahuasca, which is, don't listen, I don't know a lot about these drugs. All I know from ayahuasca is watching Chelsea Handler take ayahuasca in that in that documentary. I don't know if you guys remember that when Chelsea Handler was an HBO documentary. It was amazing, like a four-part. And in one of them, she talks about drugs and she goes and does an ayahuasca trip. And she is like having a full meltdown, hysterical crying. Ayahuasca is one of those things where it takes you on some sort of like mental trip. And you're usually with some sort of like a shaman type of guy. I could be saying this completely wrong. And it, and it supposedly allows you to see your life in a different light and can really change your way. I'm too scared to take anything like that. I'm very, very, um, I mean, I, I trip out when I, you know, take a Vena CBD half of a eighth of a gummy. Oh my gosh, you guys, I drank a can drink during our, um, our happy hour, our Patreon happy hour last week. That just reminded me, I have so many announcements for you guys. So I'll give it to you in just a second. I drank a can, um, a two milligram, it's a two milligram, uh, THC. So that's like the actual, that's the pot as they say, the pot and it has CBD in it and it's small, it's tiny and it tastes so good. So I was just drinking it during the happy hour because I wasn't drinking that much alcohol or I didn't feel like drinking alcohol that night. And I was having so much fun and we were just chatting. I mean, those, those women that were on the Patreon, we have the best, best time. And, um, we had so much fun. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I get up and Lance is like, let's go to dinner. Right. So we decided to go to sushi and we go to the sushi restaurant. That's like two or three blocks, like five blocks away from my house. Right. So we're all walking and it's a warm night and I'm like filming and I'm feeling happy and I'm hanging out with my family. You remember this is before the war. So everything was good and happy and, and I'm walking and then we get to the restaurant and I don't even realize how high I am until we get, <laughs> we get to the restaurant and I decide like I sit down and when I tell you, it took me in my mind, like 10 minutes to stand, to go from standing to sitting. I went into some sort of slow time, slow time warp. Like I was like, just getting down into my chair. In reality, no one would have noticed. It probably took one second but I felt like I was on a magic carpet ride. I felt like I was moving in slow motion. And I had a moment where I was like, I am high. 
I am so high. One drink, one little drink. I was like, I'm so high. What am I going to do? So I send Lance a text. Lance is across from me. Dylan, my oldest, is next to me. And Oliver, who's eight, is next to Lance. So I send send Lance a text and I'm like, (laughs) look at your phone. I'm doing a whole point. And he's like, what? So confused. He's like, what? Just tell me. I'm like, and I felt like I was like, in some sort of like spy movie, like you gotta look at your phone. <laughs> okay, so I was like, Get your phone now. And he's like, babe, put your phone down <laughs> because we try not to like be on our phones if we're at like a family dinner, right? And I was like, now. And <laughs> he looks at the phone and it just says, I am so stoned. <laughs> and he writes back, like, you're fine. You're with the people that love you. Take a deep breath. We need to order you food. And literally for the rest of the, I looked at the menu because <laughs> then I was getting in my head. So I looked at the menu and I was like, Lance, you have to order for me. I don't know what I want. <laughs> he had to order for me and he ordered everything for me. And I just like shoved food in my mouth and just drank water and was just like staring. And then like 10 minutes later, I felt completely fine. I just, I think I wasn't drinking enough or um, water or eating any food. Like I drank it on an empty stomach and man. Okay. So the, the, the brand is can C A N N. They're so good. They're so good. Honestly, you should try them. They're really, really good. But yes, I hate that panic. Okay. Anyway, that was a tangent. So I wonder if Jada Pinkett Smith, oh my gosh, Tony, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder if, um, Jada Pinkett Smith had anything. Well, she said her thoughts went away, her negative thoughts. And it said it gave her an intimate relationship with herself. She's blaming it on Will. Cause she said, once I met Will, I completely abandoned my mental health. I was so intoxicated by him and our dynamic. I really felt like I'm cured. He became the drug. Okay. Guys, I'm not going to say something that's like super popular here, but maybe, I mean, maybe, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm I'm actually curious how you guys feel about it. I, I'm not a fan of the Smiths. Just not a fan of the Smiths. I personally, um, I thought there was like some things um, up in the past, but that slap, the slap that we all saw was so disgusting. And so I'm talking about the Oscar slap when Will Smith slapped, um, Chris Rock was so disgusting, was so incredibly triggering. Did you guys feel it was triggering? Like I, (laughs) I, seriously watched it like in shock. And then the whole night I was like, that didn't just happen. Right. That didn't just happen. I don't know what it was about that slap. I I mean, I am not alone. I think a lot of people felt that way to see someone so openly attacked. And, um, I don't know. It it was bad. You guys, it was really bad. I was bullied in a very physical way when I was in ninth grade. Um, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. That's a, like, that's a Patreon moment, right? Cause I don't want to say it here, but there was a lot of people that watched and no one said a word. And that's what I felt like I was watching. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When you see those moments, when you see something like that happening. And I mean, I think the world was shocked. So I don't really fully blame the audience in that moment, 
But then to give him the award right after, <laughs> Will, oh, Will, oh, fuck you. Like, I was like, no, not for me. I hated it. It was so gross. I was not into it. There's some sort of weird connection that those two have that like make them do things that aren't right. I'm not into it. I'm very interested. But by the way, she is, says that she initially thought it was just a skit, but he did it for her. I mean, weird, super, super weird. I mean, she's had an affair with one of her son's Friends, by the way, their relationship with their young kids who are now older is very weird. It's very like, why are you hanging out and like hooking up with your son's best friend? That's weird. Um, supposedly they've been separated for seven years um, and we didn't know. No one's told us the red table talk, red Mabel schmock. I mean, they haven't shared any of this. It's like, let's all be so open and so honest, but not say anything. So basically she's been branded according to Daily, Daily Mail. She's been branded as a narcissist and accused of using her estranged husband, Will Smith, for clout after she shockingly revealed that the pair have secretly been separated for the last seven years. Um, she talked about it on people and the today show. Um, and basically she's saying that, you know, she, she, they're saying that she's completely lied to the audience and it's true. It's true. Like it's a Rachel Hollis, Dave Hollis thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out that, uh, deep dive I did over on Patreon. It's a Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis bullshit. Everything's fine. We're totally fine. We have an amazing life marriage. We stand up for each other. We slap people on the Oscars to, to protect bullshit. Um, also really fast. I need to mention a couple of things. I think this is important for you guys. Are you planning on going to BravoCon? If you are not planning on going to BravoCon, but you're planning on going to Vegas and you want a BravoCon ticket, I am giving away a free one-day BravoCon ticket for Sunday, the Sunday day. I have it. It's a general admission ticket. It's in my possession and you will get it. All you need to do to get this ticket, you need to subscribe to Patreon. You can do the lowest level and you just comment your name in the thread on my Patreon and you will be entered. And then the contest closes next Tuesday night and I will show you guys how I'm doing it. I will enter everyone's name in a random name generator and I will pick one of you guys. You have to be able to use the ticket. You have to be at least in Vegas or going to Vegas or needing the ticket because I don't want to give it to someone that's just going to turn around and sell it. That would kill me. So I want to know that you guys are actually going to be there and want to be there. So make sure to go over to my Patreon and, and enter your name. Um, also it's Wednesday, so you'll get a new Patreon episode today at some point. I just don't know when or what or anything, but we'll get into it. Um, also, uh, okay, let's keep it going. So, um, yay. Next, let's talk about, where are we? 30. Let's talk about something that really pissed me off this morning. So I hate to bring up the whole Heather McDonald thing again. I don't want to talk about any of that. It's not about Heather, but her name is somewhat tied into this because she has a comedian that's on her show. His name is Chris Frangiola. You guys are very close with him if you're a fan of Heather McDonald and Juicy Scoop. I actually really like him. I think he seems really funny, seems really great. I don't know much about him outside of Juicy Scoop and just from the last few months since I've listened. So you guys, you, could, you can tell me who he is as a human being and who he is as a person. Um, he is um, 
he has a podcast called Cover to Cover with Chris Brangiola. I admittedly don't listen because I don't have the time to listen to that many more shows or watch more things. But I did get a DM yesterday from someone who, one of you dosers who said I was really, really upset to hear this one joke that he made. And I was really, um, you know, I'm very sensitive right now about anything that's happening in Israel, Gaza, Palestine. Like it's a very, very tricky, sad, awful situation. The war started on Saturday and today is Wednesday. That's how close we are to when this all blew up, literally, figuratively, emotionally. And we are in no position whatsoever. It's also still happening and people are dying right now. As I speak, people are are dying. So what we should be doing is not joking about it at all. Okay. So if he, if anyone's joking about it, I hope that they have the, the ability to say like, that was off color. I understand if you're trying to be funny, but I just want you guys to hear what the joke was. And then let's try to kind of put it in perspective and imagine if we were joking about George Floyd in June of 2020, I want to know one person who would joke about that and be okay. No one, because it's not right. So what happened was he mentioned Halloween Horror Nights, and he mentions um, Jeff Lewis. Now, we also know that Chris Frangiola and Heather McDonald are very tight, which is cool and good that he's a good friend to her and he supports her, and I'm very pro-good friends. I think that's good. So clearly, he's not a fan of Jeff Lewis. He's like, I don't even, he's like, I don't care for the guy, or I don't know the guy that well. Like, he's kind of just dismissing him as a person. Um, He said, but he calls his people something stupid, something like dopey, um, something that's like not very nice. Oh, yeah, chumps. Um, So immediately it's coming off as a very like bitter, Betty, like kind of negative. Then he says, um, then he says, I am. um, He said they were all they all went to hollow. Oh, no. He says, I was invited on Jeff Lewis once and I didn't do it. Um, But I'm so glad because can you imagine if I went to the Halloween Horror Nights with these chumps? I was just looking at the pictures and I was like, oh, my gosh, can you imagine? I could never like me hanging out with Kelly Dodd. I mean, I'd rather be in the Gaza Strip right now. Ha 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 ha. I'm sorry, what? Ha ha ha. We're ha 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 about hanging out in the Gaza Strip. So if he doesn't like Jeff Lewis, that's on him. I don't give a shit. A lot of people don't like Jeff Lewis. Check my DMs. If he doesn't like any of the chumps, and that includes his buddy or his old buddy, I should say, Justin Martindale. I don't know how close they were. Fine, whatever. Not on me. I don't care. If he doesn't like Kelly Dodd, welcome to the club. There's a lot of people that don't like Kelly Dodd. As, do you understand, like, my issue is, has nothing to do with any of that conversation. But you're going to say that you would rather, in a joking way, because I'm funny, I'm a comedian, and I understand that there are certain people out there that are like, you're being too sensitive. His whole thing is being curmudgeon. His wife is Jewish, which is worse. Because if Lance ever freaking said one goddamn joke about this right now, I don't know if I could look at him. Okay. I I truly don't understand these people. But he's friends with Jews. But his wife is Jewish. I just saw a sign that said today, Jews for Boston support Hamas. There are 
crazy people out there. I don't give a crap if you're married to a Jew. I don't care. I don't care if you are Jewish yourself. You don't joke about a situation right now that is incredibly, incredibly sticky, hot. People are hating on people that are there. I mean, like, I hope he hears that we know this. Like, I, I, searched it online. No one's talking about it. I'm the only person that is mentioning it that I've seen on my Facebook group. And I am not down. I am not down. It's not funny. You know what you can say, get a root canal, what normal people say, or I'd rather, you know, sit on the back row of a spirit airline or the other things that you hear. I'd rather be stuck at Circus Circus in Vegas. Like think of a hundred other things that sound horrible or be stuck in an elevator. Do not, do not mention an active current war where an entire religion slash race is being wiped out in front of your eyes, you jerk. That's how I feel about that. Now, oh, a lovely doser says I commented about it on his Instagram and he said, thanks. Okay. Just know who people are. When people show you who they are, believe them. I don't know one comedian out there that would think that that was funny. And if they did, then they probably don't like Jews. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Stephanie says no one's talking about it because no one watched it. I mean, it's true. Probably. Like, I'll tell you guys a little more about it later, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Um, so anyway, I have to speak up because I am Jewish and I will speak up and protect our, our, our people because there's not a lot of people that are speaking up. And also like I commend people like the toast, the girls of the toast, the Ashray sisters who are so unabashedly speaking out about it. You guys don't think we're getting hate in our DMs. You don't even know what's happening in my DMs. You stupid idiot. You disgusting Jew. You this, you that. The DMs are going off and guess what I'm doing? I'm speaking louder. That's just making me want to speak louder. Okay. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, guys. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. What are our thoughts? I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I have to say, last week I was like, eh, this week I'm into it. But everyone is so damn predictable, like everyone's behavior. So we open it up with the ending of this uh, Vita Tequila party, Apre Vita. And it was, uh, you know, really, really... Um, I mean, remember the end of last week's episode when Mary basically told Monica, you eat too much and Heather, your outfit or your necklace is wrong. But the episode ended where everyone was basically saying there is a rumor, Angie, about you and your husband, Sean. I need to know you guys. I need to know how you guys are taking it in right now. What is your gut feeling? The rumor is that Angie's husband, Sean, has been playing around in the in the man pool and has been not only cheating on his wife, Angie, but also sleeping with men. Now, remember, he's very metrosexual. He is, he's a hairdresser. He's a hairdresser, and this is not a hairdresser in Los Angeles, right? This is a hairdresser in Utah. I'm sure it's a very, um, you know, rare thing to have a male hairdresser in those parts. Maybe I'm wrong, but okay. Okay, I'm seeing your guys' comments. If you're watching here on YouTube, you can watch the live chat replay. I'm not going to repeat anyone's. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. 
I am disgusted and I hate when people are outed if they are in fact gay or a lesbian or a bisexual, if they are outed and they're not doing anything to, to give us reason and people are just assuming or whatever. That to me is not cool. I'm not into that at all. You should come out if you are. You should come out whenever you want on your, on your own in your own, you know, um, world and life. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Stephanie. That is so kind. Um, so that's my thought, right? My thought is you should do like, if that is who you are and, and what you, the life you live, it should never be outed in a TV show and et cetera. Now at the same time, Siri, here's what I found. Tips for allies of transgender people by Glad. Thank you, Siri. Siri has got my back. Siri's got Sean's back. Siri's got all of our backs. Um, it's not right. It's not right. The, the spouse cheating rumors, I am with you, Latasha. I don't agree. I don't like it. I feel like it's bad. That being said, if the rumors are going around, it does make you start to say like, why are rumors happening like this? By the way, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you for everyone that gives me these super stickers or whatever they're called. I am still new to the YouTube lingo. It's amazing. I don't like it. It makes me feel bad. But I can tell you right now, there's no, I've never once heard a rumor around like the LA scene about my husband. Like not everyone has rumors about them and some people do. My question is, Heather Gay made it sound like everyone has this rumor. It's really open. Like everyone talks about this. She's like, I've heard it. She made a comment saying, come on, it's Utah. If you wear a cardigan, then people think you're gay. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Angie does bring it to her husband's attention when they're sitting on their bed that is the size of my house. Have you guys seen that family bed? That family bed needs to go in Robin and Cody's house. Got to bring Robin back. Robin, hold. Cody, her bed is just not too, it's not big enough. Solomon and Ariella are falling off on this side. Cody, we need a bigger bed. Cody, I need you to put Mary up in the Barndominium. You need to put Mary above the Barndominium because we need to be a strong family. Okay? It's the real deal. It's the real deal. We need a big bed. We need it. Now, you know who else speaks just like Robin and the real Dell is Whitney. Did you guys notice Whitney on Real Housewives speaks like Robin? She says, um, what did she say? I think I wrote it down. Ah, uh, did I not write it down? She was like, um, it's not that big of a deal, Lisa. Dill. Lisa is taking this like it's a really big deal. No, Lisa's taking this like it's a really big deal. I just, I'm still hilling. I'm still on my healing journey. And as I'm healing with my cousin, I want to make sure that Lisa understands this is not about her deal. She needs to uh, go and get a Diet Coke in on with her own deal. 
it's too much. It's too much. So that family bed is so crazy. It is huge. And she mentions to Sean about the rumors. Now, I will tell you one thing. And you guys, this has nothing to do with whether or not he's cheating on her or straight, straight or gay. If Lance came to me and was on, we were on a reality show and Lance came to me and said, Donna, there are rumors that you are fill in the blank. If they were so outrageous and so out there, I would probably laugh. I would probably laugh and I would probably say, oh my God, are you serious? That's insane. That's actually insane. If they were true, I think that I would probably cry. I don't know. I'm just saying any human psychologist watching this, any human um, like behavioral therapist watching this live stream right now or in this in the comments, please let me know. How do you react when you are being told something that is not true versus when you are being told something that is true that you don't want people to know? I am very curious. You can either be very defensive like Fuck, no, I didn't. That never happened. That's crazy. Or you can be really, really sad. I don't know. I'm just curious. I will say, um, Andrew says something very interesting. He's probably been dealing with this forever since he's been a hairdresser. If that's the case, then you laugh that shit off. Like, I don't know. I personally feel like if you're a hairdresser and you're constantly getting those rumors, why wouldn't you just be like, welcome to the freaking rumor club? Of course, people think I'm gay. I do hair for a living. My daughter knows. Like, I just don't know. Yeah, Andrew says, I don't think he could win with any reaction. Um, I felt for him crying because regardless if it's true or not, it sucks, right? Like the whole thing sucks. Um yeah, you guys are asking a little bit in the comments if if I'm going live on TikTok. No, I am going live on YouTube from now on. So tell the TikTokers, tell us I'm here. Um, okay. Anyway, thought that was really interesting. Angie, I, I can't get a read on Angie. I find her incredibly annoying. Now, I say that as someone that has been told I'm annoying. But she, when Meredith always says she's like a pit bull, what did she say? She's a pit ball. She's a pit ball. She is a pit ball that is not leaving me alone. I would think more a chihuahua, which I think Mar uh, Monica called Angie in last week's episode, but she's like, where are you going? Why are you running away from me? What are you doing? Why are you coming? Come, in, come back. Da -da 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 -da. And she keeps going after everyone that at the same time, I really wish Meredith would just be like strapped in. Meredith on this show is so difficult because anytime she hears something she doesn't want, she pulls a Shannon from OC, which is, I can't be here. I am done with this conversation. You can leave. I am done. I do not Talk to someone who disrespects me in this way. I am done with you, Angie. I am done. And she'll walk away. And meanwhile, meanwhile, um, meanwhile, <laughs> Angie is like, Meredith, why are you leaving me? Why are you doing this? Meredith, we have to talk about this. Meredith, you're ruining everyone's family. Meredith, Meredith, why are you leaving? Meredith, Meredith. I would also want to swat her away a little bit. Like, leave me alone. It's a TV show. You got to have the conversations, but Meredith is 
unable to. The best is when Meredith leaves that awkward conversation with Angie. She goes and sits next to um, like completely unaware Lisa Barlow and, you know, mean Mary. And she's sitting there and she's like trying to kind of probably get a little reprieve. And Lisa's like, it's so good that we're able to get together. And Mary is like, mm-hmm. And Meredith's like, eh. yeah, it's so good. Um, okay, what else? Lisa Barlow had a very uh, fun conversation getting a pedicure with with her son, Jack Fudge College. Jack Barlow, love Fudge College. Jack is going on a Mormon mission. And the whole storyline, I guess, this season is how good of a Mormon is Lisa? Is she a good Mormon or a bad Mormon? No, I have not done a lot of research into the Mormon culture, but I know enough to know that she drinks alcohol. She drinks Diet Coke. She's, uh, owns a tequila brand. She wears, you know, sexy clothing. She curses. She's on a reality show. I don't think she's a very good Mormon in my opinion. IMO. I don't know. And the best is when she's like, I must be a good parent because you're going on your mission. And Jack Fudge College goes, well, actually, no, it's because of me. And she's like, uh yeah. I love it. It's too good. Ah. We're going to get more into that Mormon conversation, I guess, next week between her and Heather Gay. They're going to have a conversation about who's a better Mormon, who's a worse Mormon. I don't even know. I love when Lisa said, some people drink Diet Coke and they're bad Mormons. Some people drink a lot of alcohol and they're bad Mormons. Some people cheat with their neighbor and they're a bad Mormon. I'm like, hmm. We really, we really upped the ladder there, right? Like we went from drinking Diet Coke and some wine to, you know, screwing with Bob next door. That was an interesting little moment. Um, I really like Monica. Do you guys like Monica? Yes, sometimes she's a little yappy, but I actually really like her. I like her plight. I like that she's a real person. I like that we're seeing a housewife that's not, you know, dripping in, 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 um, what's it called? Diamonds and cash. I like to see, I, I like a relatable queen. Monica is a relatable queen. I love her relationship with her Nana and her mom. It's very much reminiscent of my relationship with my mom and my grandma, like the bitter, angry grandma, right? That's just like so over life. And, um, but you're just trying so hard to keep them happy. That's why that, I just got it. That's why Monica loves her, loves Mary. You know how in the last episode, Monica's like, I am going to do anything to get Mary um, to like me because Mary is Monica's Nana. They have the same personality. Nana, do you want, um, fries? No. Nana, do you want a fish sandwich? No. Nana, do you want? No. I thought it was kind of funny to watch. Um, and then Monica's conversation with her mom, I thought was so real and so good and so true. Like, Hey mom, you can't just pretend that you're the only one that had it hard. Look what I've gone through. Mom, you did this. It like her mom seems like obviously a, a She's a challenge. She's not like a super present mom. She's probably a little bit more um, involved, self-involved with her own life and to, and, and less about, you know, being a good mom is from what we're seeing. I thought it was a really, really um, adorable, adorable uh, dynamic. And I think that they love each other. And I think if a mom and a daughter can have those open conversations, like, no, mom, you did this. And the mom isn't immediately going to say like, I'm cutting you off, but they're open to talk about it. And then, you know, laugh two seconds later when Nana's like, stop talking dirty. I just loved it. I really like Monica. She's, she's, she's a good one. Um, you know, who doesn't like Monica is, 
is Lisa. Lisa Barlow has an issue with Monica and Lisa Barlow has an issue with everyone that doesn't like her. So Lisa and Whitney go over to Angie's house tab. By the way, I want Angie's house. I mean, it's so many windows. It's so big and open and white and like clean. And so they go over to Angie's house and they have this amazing charcuterie board and no Diet Coke, which is a big mistake if you're going to have Lisa at your house. And they sit down and do you guys have friends like this where someone says, oh, I'm just like so struggling because of this one thing. And then the friend was like, is like, so am I? Well, so am I. I'm struggling with it too. And then the other one, oh, I'm just, you know, I had this conversation and she said this, wait, what? She said that to you? She didn't say that to me. Oh, and then I'm going to, me too. I'm going through, it's called a one-upper. Not a fan. Can't kind of handle it. Like, I don't like people like that. It's a difference between relating and saying you're the only one that's ever gone through it yourself um, or making it about you. Not, not a fan. Not for me. So Lisa, Lisa last, I have a feeling this is not going to be Lisa's best season. I think Lisa really shined last year and I worry that this is not going to be a great season for her. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Mandy says, I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm starving. No, you know what happens in my house where I go, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And Lance is like, I am, so, you're tired. I'm so tired. I'm like, really? Cause I'm tired because you kept me up all night. And he's like, I, I woke up once. And I'm like, well, I was up seven times. So there's nothing worse than having a newborn baby as a mom and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And your husband's saying, I'm so tired. As they walk out of their bedroom at 8 a.m. It's crazy. Okay. Oh my gosh, Mandy, MLF, I love you. All right. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, Monica's conversation with her mom, I did write this down when she said, you have to stop walking into my door, like walking right into my house. She goes, I knock, no one opens. And so I just come in. She goes, what if I'm in the couch having sex? What if I'm doing a 69? And the, um, the mom says, the mom says, well, you're going to have to lock your door if you're going to, no, she goes, lock your door if you're going to have 69. Ah, to all those people having 69s. Anyway, that was pretty much the general episode. Um, Mary. Mary was on Watch What Happens Live after with Z-Way. Z-Way is a very funny, I think she has a TV show. She's an author. She's a comedian. And it was the perfect person to have on with Mary because Mary is so awkward. Here's my non, um, like, I'm not a doctor. But Mary has to be somewhat on the spectrum, right? Like, there's some sort of social like filter situation happening where she is not able to say the right thing to the right person at the right time. She is the queen of making things incredibly awkward, right? The queen. Oh, okay. Z-Way had a show on Showtime for two seasons. Thank you. Um, the queen of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, not being able to like understand the humor, the fish filet sandwich she eats. I mean, it kind of was funny. Z-Way brought her a fish filet and instead of, but Mary like she doesn't, she didn't know how to do the joke. Like she's not, she's not like a media trained type of person. So it just like fell flat and it was awkward. And she made Z-Way feel awkward. She mentioned something about Heather Gay's outfit, hated it, hated this conversation. They showed a picture of Heather with her Louis Vuitton corset, which I thought looked great on her in one of her interviews. And Mary was like, I think it's fake. I don't think they make it in that size. 
very, very mean. I think Z-Way definitely felt really uncomfortable. Um, to have Mary on a live show is literally to have like, um, honestly, I don't know who you'd rather on a live show, like a Mary or I don't know. I can't even think of someone else. Like just some people just are dangerous. Like you don't really know what they're going to say. And I felt like that was the situation. And Andy did a pretty good job trying to maneuver. Um, Z-Way is also an amazing – oh, Gucci, thank you. Not Louis Vuitton. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and Z-Way did a really good job in kind of like trying to find a common ground. But she she made Z-Way feel uncomfortable. She just is always making people feel uncomfortable. She said a comment. Andy was like, why are you back? It looks like you're not having fun. And she goes, because I'm here to make the show good. Here's the thing. This is what I'm going to tell you. There's people when you see them on a show and then when you see them in real life. If someone acts the same as they do on a show in real life, it's possible that they will get different reactions. For example, I don't believe that Tamara is a good person on the show. She acts like an ass on Real Housewives of OC. There, but that being said, I still like watching her on the show. She's good for the show, I do believe. But if she acted like that on in real life or on Watch What Happens Live or whatever, I'm not into it, right? Like, I would be like, she's a B. And Mary, for whatever reason, it works on the show for me. I enjoy Mary on the show. I find it so incredibly awkward. It's like I'm watching an episode of The Office or, you know, one of those um, – what are those shows where you see like really uncovered? It's like, I just watched Wayne and Garth or whatever, Wayne's world and like Garth, like uncomfortably awkward people. I, I think that she's actually really funny in that way. Like that part worked for me. Um, but in real life, it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. So Mary is probably a really, really awful human being in real life. And as a character on a TV show, I do think that it is more enjoyable than in real life. And a lot of people don't like Mary because of this. A lot of people feel like she went too far. She called a waiter lazy because she was mad that the waiter didn't put the, the pizza in the box. I mean, she is not a very nice person. There's no question. Okay. There's no question. But and she also has like a really troubled past. This is also another thing. She seriously is talking about like we're we've just completely overlooked the fact that she was running this weird church, which no one really knows the situation. If you Google Mary or look on Reddit or whatever, you'll see some crazy ass stuff about her in this church. This like cult like church. So for me, I don't know. I don't know. And they don't mention it. Maybe that was in her contract. She was like, I'll do it, but I won't. If you if I get back on the show, you better never talk about that church, you know? Anyway, you guys. Okay, so almost an hour-long dose for you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure to join the Patreon and enter the BravoCon uh, contest for a free BravoCon ticket from me, from Daily Dose of Donna. And I will be releasing an episode at some point. 
and uh, we'll go from there. I hope I'm not missing any big news stories, um, but I don't have the news on right now. And I will guys, I will keep you guys posted. Thank you again for all your support. Thank you for liking this live, turning on your notification bell so that you know when I'm going live every day and um, joining the Dozer Party over on Facebook at Daily Dose of Donna. Love you, Dozers. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.